0: All right, so it looks like we are about live. So it looks like we still have a couple more people that are joining in. I'm seeing that attendance count jumping up. So uh, as everyone's joining in, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, We are broadcasting a couple different platforms right now. I know we're on YouTube, Facebook, I believe LinkedIn if that approval came through. Um, So no matter what platform you're on, if you want to ask questions, make sure to hop in, join the Zoom. Uh, We've got plenty of time today. So uh, furthermore, I want to thank everyone for joining us. I know it's a weird time, and I know some of you it's lunchtime or kind of just after, so we appreciate you taking that time and uh, joining us. I'm uh, happy to be here for another session of the MSP Initiative, and very happy to be here with a uh, longtime industry friend and uh, colleague, Carrie Simpson.
1: Thanks for so having, for having me. For those of you thank don't you know
0: Absolutely. No, it's great to have you here. I mean, we've done some really good ones in the past and I always love the content. And, uh, you know, I think now more than ever, there's a lot of unsettledness around that area of the business. So um, you're the first person I thought of uh, around that topic. So I'm happy we were able to get you in here and happy you were somewhere in the world where you were accessible.
1: With internet access and running yeah. water.
0: <laughs> that one was the crucial one. Um, <laughs> As always guys we will be recorded so we're going to take the whole thing record it um, as it's live it'll be backed up on the page afterwards so um, you can get back over to the MSP initiative Facebook page we'll have it over there and then we'll make sure to share it over to uh, the Managed Sales Pros page as well if you guys uh, want to check out over there they have some really good stuff um, really incredible services I mean they understand the MSP business they've been in it for a long time if you need somebody to help you out in that area easily to go to um, and then finally, last and not least, questions. Any kind of questions you have, make sure to send them in the chat, Q&A box, uh, both will work, we'll keep an eye on both of them and keep them going as, uh, as we move through this. So now, uh, let's kick everything off. So Carrie,
1: well. I appreciate you inviting us today. So, um, of one of the things that we decided we wanted to talk about today was how are you gonna prospect through this pandemic and is it even appropriate to do so? So when this first hit, we were initially, everyone was, I think, caught a little bit off guard. Nobody had a plan around it. They certainly didn't have a plan around how are we gonna connect with people who are scrambling just to keep their businesses held together with duct tape right now. So there's a couple of things happening. Like one, we had that huge rush of everybody having to push all of their employees remote and not everyone was prepared to do so. So the MSP market for you know a brief time had, if anything, more projects than they expected. So there wasn't an initial uh, loss of revenue. And then they had all, they had that work to do. And now everyone's kind of sitting at home going, well, what's gonna happen next? And um, if you look at what Paul Dipple, for example, has been saying about the market, like, yeah, the first month, maybe you'll be fine. Second month, maybe you'll be fine. Third month, that's when things are gonna start, you know, that's when checks are gonna start bouncing. Right When people, people didn't cut IT when they needed it to move remote, but we're all gonna move back to the office now and try and cobble our businesses back together. What's that gonna look like and what are they gonna cut first? So there will be technology dependent organizations that understand that it'll be more important than ever to have you know a good IT environment and a secure IT environment. And then there will be organizations and you probably already know which ones those are on your roster where they're not going to see the value all of a sudden and spending $120 on something that never breaks, right? So you look at your managed contracts, there will be people that default on them next month, right? Vendors too. So I mean, on our side, we went proactively to all of our clients and said, hey, we understand this is going to be a challenge and we want to keep our people through this. And I know you want to keep yours too. So you know we're, lar- we're the largest line item on most people's Uh, marketing budgets. And we knew that we were going to lose clients through this and we wanted to make it just simple. And we wanted it like right away. I wanted to know like, what was I going to lose right away so that I could start figuring out staffing? What do I need to cut? Cut cut once, cut fast, be done. Turned out we didn't need to cut anybody, but we did go to our clients and say, hey, if you want to stay, we'll make it cost effective for you to do so. So as long as I can still pay my people, you could stay with us so we so we're still prospecting we still have clients our doors are still wide open our callers are working from home but we were a distributed company for the first three years so we're fully used to having remote callers Mm -hmm. we don't like it so the first thing i want to put out there is i don't like running remote teams Uh, especially in a call center environment where you can catch issues super fast on the floor if you're walking around like hey don't say that oh no 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 what's going on there Right? When you're auditing calls, it takes significantly longer for you to find issues that you would have found immediately. So we're still running you know, the same programs and processes that we ran before, but it's not as, I don't believe that it's as efficient. So I'm looking forward to going back into the office, but I made a list of just a, like of six opportunities that we scheduled just over this week. So people who are saying like, oh, it's not appropriate to pitch right now. It's not appropriate to get on the phone. So our, uh, let's see, we have a a 20 seat and one server opportunity who had uh, SLA concerns because they had a a family provider, an embedded provider, like a buddy who did their IT, and then they had to move everybody home and the guy had no idea how to do it. So they they immediately recognized like, okay, this was, you know, like the difference between a wartime CEO and a peacetime CEO. Here's an IT guy that's great as long as nothing goes wrong. (laughs) <laughs> so that's so normally an embedded, we call that an embedded provider opportunity. They're very hard to displace simply because nobody wants to fire the CEO's son. So those are normally more yeah. really challenging. Right now, we're seeing a lot of that. So the next opportunity is a 25 seat, one server, and they were sharing an IT guy, like just one guy with another company. It's not working out right they need that guy's no, time yeah. and the company's using it so it again worked out really well when there was nothing out yeah, of if, the
0: ordinary now
1: they're sales. dealing with all these things that they just hadn't prepared for uh let's Absolutely. see uh, this i scheduled this one by the way so. 160 seats and nine servers currently working with two managed service providers so that they have Two providers, because the first one wasn't able to protect them from a ransomware attack. They engaged another MSP to remediate that ransomware attack, and they're still not 100%. Nine months later. So the interesting thing about this one is that this was our 13th call into that opportunity. So it's not like we didn't have this on our radar already. Mm-hmm. But it was just perfect timing. Now we're like, yeah, okay, we've, this needs to be handled now. We can't risk this happening again. So that was, the other two were uh, what we call one call hits. So one call in, yet we're interested, Meeting scheduled in the same week. That happens so rarely. <laughs> like we're normally eight to 17 dials in before we get somebody on the phone who can commit to a meeting. Then we have to get them to actually go to the meeting, which is challenging from time to time. Uh, another opportunity, 50 seats, three servers. They were accepting RFPs to replace their current MSP. So we just got there like right in time. That was our eighth call into them. And then one other 50 seat, 12 server opportunity. And they're an, they have an in-house IT support team and they're looking now to reduce their headcount. So there are opportunities out there and the trends that we're seeing right now is it is, I wouldn't say that we're getting, we're not getting more meetings, but we're not getting fewer meetings either. And we're seeing faster turnaround. So those one hit meetings, we don't normally get those. It, we normally have to nurture opportunities for a significantly longer period of time. So that's, that's what that is telling me, just you know, based on a month of data, which isn't that much data to base decisions on. But if people are taking meetings the first time someone's calling them, and they're doing that eight times more than they were the month previous, that's a pretty good indication that prospecting isn't gonna go sideways right now, provided that it's done correctly. So there's four things that I think you need to be focused on when you're prospecting through any sort of emergency. So if you think about um, when a, a huge ransomware incident hits a significant number of companies and all of a sudden everyone's like well what about this how are you going to protect us from this how are you going to protect us from this you know yeah you have to be careful not to be predatory uh, through that right you don't want to sell using fear because it's like selling on but you sell on price or you sell on fear you will immediately lose that opportunity once they are no longer afraid of something So if the only reason they moved was that you instilled this enormous amount of fear in them, you weren't their partner. You're just some guy that scared the crap out of them. And they bought something once, they are not necessarily going to continue that relationship with you. So there are, I mean, the same fundamentals still belong in your sales conversations. You don't want to sell on price alone. So yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of people looking for cheaper IT support right now. If you can do the same caliber of work as their current IT provider at a significantly lower cost, great, take the business. But if all you are is cheaper, there's gonna be someone cheaper than you along the line next. So you wanna be careful right now when you're prospecting that you're not stealing business from a competitor that you kinda don't want to begin with. So the same sort of, uh, the same way that you vet your opportunities now, you've gotta vet through this pandemic because otherwise you're gonna be stuck with a pail full of garbage at the end of this and you'll be stuck with them for the three year contract that you just signed with them. So be mindful that you're not going back into panic mode. Cause my first instinct when this hit was like, Oh God, it's going to be like startup mode all over again. I don't, do I want to work 16 hour days? I don't want to do that. I don't like it. So think about what you had to do at the beginning to manage and maintain your business. And then think about where you are in your business process now, right? I'm seven years into this and I'm not gonna make the same dumb mistakes that I made back when I started my company. You guys shouldn't either. So you've set your prices based on something that hasn't changed. It's still gonna cost you the same amount to run your business by your software licenses. If you start discounting aggressively, you're stuck with that business for the next three years afterwards. So start planning for what does next year look like? Not just what does next quarter look like? What's gonna happen next year? Through your prospecting now, there's you've got a really interesting opportunity if you're uh, peer-to-peer prospecting. So what what that means for those of you that are on the call that aren't you know familiar with outbound cold calling, peer-to-peer means I'm calling George, right? I own my company, George owns Bvoip. I want to sell my services to Bvoip. George and I can have a conversation about stuff that's happening in the market right now that is you know troubling, or interesting like what are the opportunities that have presented themselves here so it's not just like doom and gloom and horror and terror there's going to be some really cool stuff that comes out of this and if you can connect so first of all connect one-on-one with another business owner to talk about the challenges Mm -hmm. that are coming up for them you should be doing so so there's i want to kind of push sorry go ahead
0: Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, are you seeing it easier to reach those CEOs today? Are you seeing it? I mean, obviously we all switched to home. Are those CEOs are sitting at home, they're not in an office behind a, you know, a, a gatekeeper at the door. They're they're not out in the golf course. Are they easier to reach today than traditionally?
1: Well, I think there's a couple I was seeing two things. Like one, if you've got an IVR set up, it's just going into a continuous loop to nowhere. Right. So you're not able to get anybody like people went home but they didn't bring their phone systems with them, most of them, right? So, I mean, we use a a cloud-based call center. Everybody that works from home still has their phones operational, but if you still had a traditional phone system in your office and now you're working for your laptop, so unless you've already got a way to connect with the CEO via a cell phone or what have you, you're probably gonna have the same amount of runaround trying to connect with the CEO. And our normal first contact isn't CEO level anyway most of the time at a 50 person company, we're gonna be talking to somebody in finance. We're gonna be talking to the office manager or the person who's the point of contact for their IT support contract. We're not usually gonna get right to the C-suite right away. So for prospecting anyway, you don't have to be concerned about whether or not you're getting the CEO on the phone, This is a great time to start aggregating information about your market. So great, this is the CEO, but what's the decision-making process there? who are they working with already? What do they like about them? Where has their service been lacking? When does their contract renew? How many computers are there? How many servers are there? You don't need to get to the C-suite to identify whether or not this is a prospect that you wanna pursue. And if you're lucky, you get somebody who hasn't talked to another person in a full week, right? So there's a really interesting opportunity here right now because people are bored. They're sitting at home and they're like, Absolutely. they're bored, and they're like they're afraid like people are worried about their jobs, those of us who don't own our companies, although I mean we have our own you know payroll whatever challenges, but we're not sitting at home wondering if we're the next person to get cut so there's a lot of like stress anxiety, isolation for some people haven't experienced the sitting at home by themselves for months before right like this is this is new, and it's the if you can connect with that person if they can laugh a little bit, if you can really create some sort of meaningful interaction with them, you now have the opportunity to carry that on into a further date. So prospecting is never really a short game anyhow. Like cold calling isn't a, I started cold calling today and I signed business on Friday, right? Especially in the managed services space, Most of the companies that you want to sell your services to are already buying their services elsewhere and you're going to have to wait out that agreement or determine, they're going to determine whether or not it makes sense for them to break that agreement. And at this time, people will be kind of a little less, I don't know what the right word for it is, like all of my contracts right now are month to month, um, like to my clients Mm -hmm. and... My the ones that I pay for, right? I'm not in any long-term agreements right now, and that's just dumb luck more than anything else. So I have the the opportunity to go anywhere I want. But most people won't break an agreement with a, a partner that's been good to them that they respect. So you've got the opportunity to win the business if you can demonstrate that you're going to be a better partner but most of the time you're not going to be able to push them into breaking a contractual agreement. And if you can, I would carefully consider whether or not that's even business you want.
0: So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's always the case. I mean, there's always the, the question of like you touched on earlier, do you actually want that client? This client that's just scraping around, just looking to save a couple dollars here, a couple of dollars there, or, or willing just to turn around and, and break a partnership like that. I mean, that's, it's not going to be fun down the road. Either way.
1: No. And I, think there'll be uh people evaluating their business models right now right are there mm-hmm. there are lots of companies i know that are what we describe as pure play msps you know they don't take project work for anybody that isn't uh you know a monthly client already we're seeing a lot of opportunities for projects in the market right now so i mean when's when's the next time you're going to have an empty office guys think about it
0: Mm-hmm. what's
1: the least disruptive time to swap out anything? when are you going to rip and replace so there's there's opportunity out there if you can position it properly It's just a matter now of like making sure sh- so prospecting is less about what you are saying and more about what you're like you're not saying <laughs> like know when to not push too hard know when to like back off a little bit like. Being human right now is more helpful than anything else. But uh, brevity, like people are either completely bored or completely insane, right? So if somebody's saying, I don't have time to talk right now, normally that's an objection that we would try to get through, right? Like if somebody's like, oh, I'm too busy or this isn't a good time. You know, if they're too busy and it isn't a good time, let them get off the phone. Be mindful and respectful of that. You don't have to push seven times to try to keep somebody on the phone when they've clearly stated they don't want to talk to you. But if somebody's chatting with you, like, ask them everything. So my usual uh, approach is I will just keep asking people questions until it sounds like I'm bothering them. And then I'll stop. <laughs> then I'll try to get the appointment. And then I'll ask them a few more questions to try and make uh, you know, make the appointment as sticky as possible, right? So. You get through all the stuff you want to know, and then you ask them like social questions, right? How is, how's, home, how's homeschooling? The game? You see somebody's kid run past behind you on the GoToWebinar, perfect. What a great opportunity to interact with someone and talk a little bit more about their lives and how they're handling this and what they're interested in. Like, you just really get the opportunity to be human, talking to another human. And it's a bright point in most people's days right now because people have really stopped connecting like we we text we email i've never Mm -hmm. done so many freaking web meetings in my life but if you think about the number of times that you're not interacting with people live this is the first time where we've been really quite open to the idea that other people can come into our personal space during the business day and we can talk to them so i've i've taken more more
0: are you seeing more of a shift towards zoom for prospecting as well
1: um not for us. I mean, we're telemarketers, Mm -hmm. so, uh, but for when we're scheduling the appointments, now we're scheduling, Mm -hmm. we're not scheduling face-to-face meetings anymore. We're only scheduling zoom meetings or phone meetings. So there's people who are far more open to the idea of that people find, um, in-person meetings a little more invasive and they're more reluctant Mm -hmm. to commit to them because you can't get out of them politely. Whereas a phone call, well, you can blow that off. So people are kind of more inclined to accept a a lower pressure, um, easier to get out of type appointment. So for us, it works well, right? Because clients that used to not be satisfied with a phone meeting, they wanted an in-person meeting, now don't have a choice. So we're getting more meetings, but we're getting what I would describe as like a little more, like more uh, tire-kicky meetings. We try to qualify them really well. But again, if you take that last hoop to jump through out the qualification level drops. So you always think about like quality of appointments versus volume of appointments. Do I want really, really good meetings, or do I want a lot of them because you can't usually get both
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. I I, I I heard someone the other day, um, touch on exactly what you just said there and that was Uh, You have the first view into this person's life, their home, their office. You're going to see pictures of their kids, their dog on the wall. You're going to see a pet run by. And those are all things to use in that call to make that connection. Because you're right. I mean, you have the better chance now of making a connection than you ever did going into a sterile office. (laughs) That that might be a conference room with nothing. There's no personal touch. There's no way to make that connection. Um, But being able to say, oh, yeah, I I have a golden retriever, too. or "Um, My kids are about your kid's age. Yeah, how's that homeschool going? Yeah, and those are all so good and so crucial, I mean, to, to set up that connection right now. And you're right, people are absolutely starving for it. I've been on so many Zoom happy hours over the past couple of weeks, it's unbelievable. Somebody
1: brought live goats to our meeting this morning. My sister brought live goats to our, uh, to our morning <laughs> meeting. She had, uh, we, we, somebody said something about it online yesterday. And I was like, yeah, well, we're gonna get a goat for the office. And um, I got on our meeting today and she had actually contacted a company that did live goat yoga and brought the whole, (laughs) like, so it was me and her and uh, Sharon and a room full of goats. So, I mean, you can (laughs) have some fun with this, you guys. Like there is no limit to what kind of creative opportunities are out there. Like that's a memorable meeting. I'm going to bring goats to all my sales calls for the next uh, little while. Like people are going to Absolutely. remember that. That's really like, if you can bring a little bit of joy to someone's day in, in an interesting way now, like we can still ship stuff to clients, right? Like that. I mean, who knows how much longer we're going to be able to do that. But like we sent books to people, we sent gift baskets, we sent flowers. We're just like trying to like with our current clients anyway, we're just trying to keep people's spirits up a little bit and you know how much more, How much more memorable can you make the interaction they had with you rather than the other seven meetings that they had that day.
0: Absolutely. Goats. Yeah, I mean, that is really the standout is, you know, it's just like before, right? You wanted to be the standout email. I think it's good to think ahead and understand that just the normal face to face is not going to last for Zoom meetings. You are going to have to make it a little more fun or make it a little more interactive or just figure out a good way to connect with them. Um, I know for us, we had to make a major shift. We do a lot of events. You know, we do about 60 events a year, especially with our Lunch and Learns, and we, we shifted all those to listen. If, if you're still comfortable with takeout, we're happy to buy a, you. You know, we'll send you lunch. Um, you know, but things like that are small touches that you can easily do with a client. Send them a Starbucks gift card. Send them a new Breeds gift card. Just something to push that interaction a little bit because eventually it will become noise, just like emails and all the other things we're, we're used to, and it's good to be able to cut through that. Well,
1: I'm going to be interested in seeing what happens at the end of this. Like, are we all just going to say, like, it could go to one of two ways we could say no more in-person meetings. What a colossal waste of time that was. Or we're going to be <laughs> so starved for like other humans in our world that we'll be like, yeah, come to the office. Let's have lunch. Let's like, I can't wait to get back out. Uh, like I haven't interacted with uh, somebody that wasn't in my home other than to buy groceries in six weeks now. So, like, yeah, I want to. I want to get back out there. I want to get back to my everyday life. I miss trade shows. I miss all of it. I miss yeah, surfing. Totally. Really, I don't. <laughs> there. Um, I don't like. We thought that there'd be a huge downturn in the number of appointments that we'd be able to secure, which is kind of how we, we were bracing for impact to lose most of our managed services clients. And that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing the opposite. We have fewer MSP clients now but those clients that stuck it out are getting more meetings than they did previously. And only time will tell whether or not they were better meetings, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely opportunities that need to be pursued there. And you would be remiss right now if you have the ability to do so, to not be pursuing market. Oh God, please tell me they're not processing again. Um, there was a huge protest in Lansing, Michigan yesterday where they just drove around the Capitol building. I, I am two that, blocks yeah. away from that and it just started again and they just, they honk their horns all day. It's like, you guys, there's nobody in that <laughs> building. Stop it. <laughs> so, That's
0: all right. This is uh, the new a new world distracted, of it's because
1: there's honking. Um So the, I mean, prospecting takes a, like we have a, like a rhythm or a, almost like a process that you follow when you're prospecting and that isn't changing, right? Like this hasn't changed that in any way with the one exception that if somebody's objecting to like just the time objection, like I don't have time for this right now. Normally on a regular day, you'd, you'd kind of get into it a little bit trying to test if whether or not they were just trying to blow you off or are they genuinely busy? You, you want to figure that out so you don't waste 17 calls back trying to connect with somebody who wasn't actually interested in taking the call. So you want to kind of push after that objection it's like, oh, well, when would be a better time to, to chat with you? And they'll either give you a time that will work or they won't give you a time at all. So um, that one I skip right over now. So they, oh, the only thing that we've really changed is eliminating that uh, initial objection of, I don't have the time for this or I'm too busy. The, there's only a couple of big objections for managed services anyways. Like, okay, we're happy with what we have. We have an in-house IT team. Uh, I'm too busy or I'm not interested um, or, you know, my, my kid does our IT support. Like there's, the outcomes aren't very different from company to company to company. So you just carry on as usual. It's a good time to be talking about referrals too. So if you're already, you know, you've got, you've got clients right now who are grateful for the help that you gave them. Right? So when I think about our MSP, we had to move all of our callers home over a weekend. And like we yeah. weren't really in our Like our company is set up, our security is set up that everything's locked down to IP address. So we've locked everything that isn't a line of business application out of our call center. You can't go on Facebook. You can't, you can't go on YouTube. You can't get I, I fired someone once because they ordered a pizza. And like you cannot access anything that isn't line of business from the call center we don't even let people bring their phones on the floor right you come into work you put your phone in the little cubby and it stays there until you leave and if you're caught with a phone on the floor you're fired no second chances because we would catch be like somebody always ruins it for everyone right but we'd catch someone on the watching youtube on their phone like kind of ignoring what they were doing watching like all right no more phones on the floor you want to work here like we pay really like we're we're a pretty good call center for Las Vegas. We pay significantly better than most of them. We offer full benefits. We offer paid vacation. We offer paid family leave. Put your phone in the goddamn cubby. <laughs> like, I'm not putting up with this shit. So you can't access anything that isn't a work app. But the, the flip side of that is at three o'clock when you leave, you can't access any line of business apps. You can't check your email. Yeah. There's no extra work to be done. We work one shift, we go home and we don't work anymore. So our corporate culture is work your ass off and your time is yours. so we have really created this environment where you can't. So we had to not only figure out what that meant for, now we had to move everyone home, set up a VPN. So you think that I wasn't grateful for my MSP doing that over a weekend? Like at this point, if somebody said like, hey, are you happy with your IT company? Yeah, I am okay, well, that's a great time to ask for a referral, right? Like everybody on your client list now, you probably did a huge solid for when you helped them move remote. So Absolutely. they're happy with their IT company. Is there anybody in their network that's maybe not as happy maybe where it didn't go as well? You know, like It's a great time to be talking about getting referrals and then reaching out to those people, working your network. You don't have to call cold all the time. You can call people that were recommended by other people.
0: Absolutely. I actually, um, I did see a couple of questions are starting to come through. It's actually coming through on the Facebook side. Um, so a couple of them are for you. Uh, it looks like the first one is from Reese Orman of uh, TechBear. Reese said, Carrie, uh, are you finding that MSPs are going to have to embrace a longer sales cycle now as they take on clients virtually?
1: I don't know because what we're seeing right now is people are meeting faster. Like they're taking that meeting, they're having that meeting. I think we'll know pretty quickly if meetings are gonna start converting into sales faster than they were before. But I think a lot of that is dependent on what did your pipeline look like before this hit? So if you Mm -hmm. had a completely empty sales pipeline before this pandemic hit, the odds on you filling it through the pandemic are gonna be pretty slim this might be a great way to push people over the finish line. Like, and again, I want everyone to think about that kind of not too aggressively, but that pitch of like, hey, when are you ever going to have a less disruptive time to swap out anything in your network? Right. Like just when is your Mm -hmm. office going to be completely empty between from nine to five again? It's not like this will be the least disruptive time to make any major change to your network. So that would be my one, like peer to peer, you're talking to other CEOs, you're talking to somebody who has like, Oh, I don't know, maybe next year and maybe next month. Now you've got this like opportunity where like for me, for example, like I've wanted to change CRM systems for three years now. This might be a perfect time to do that.
0: So absolutely. what other I mean,
1: big changes are they thinking about that you might be able to assist them with where it wouldn't all be weekends, evenings and overtime? You got yeah, people. Absolutely. Like and,
0: yeah, and I mean, we will probably in our lifetime, hopefully in our time, never see something like this again. Um, so you're right, I mean, that unprecedented access to the office, I mean, even think about lesser things. We have intercom systems, we have MSPs putting in all time, you know, door setups, um, smart setups are becoming really popular, the iPad, setups for the uh, conference rooms and all that, you want to, you have the money and you have the resources right now to retrofit your office or do some really nice fun things you wanted to do for a long time. That's always kind of clunky to do. Now is the time, you know, if you, if, if you have clients you talk to about that, and they love the idea, go back and talk to them about it again. Well, they're doing okay. Talk to
1: your like, I know that there's terms right now, right? If you can, if you mm-hmm. can get them to do it right now and spread the cost of it out over the three years of their agreement, perfect opportunity for that. Uh, Mm, My big concern around that would be like, am I going to front somebody who's going to be out of business in a year? So there's, but there are industries that this isn't going to affect as aggressively as others, right? Like, yeah, restaurants got hit hard. Retail's getting Mm -hmm. hit hard. You know, healthcare is great. My lawyer is busier than he's ever Mm -hmm. been right now. My accountant too. Right, so there are still lots of technology-dependent industries that aren't going to be adversely affected by this. Like, yeah, it's going to suck for a little while, but it's uh, it's Absolutely. not going to be forever. So if you know for a fact that you're still going to be standing in six months, now's the time to evaluate whether or not you want to make those changes before you have to bring everyone back into your office. And then it's now it's now a hugely disruptive thing. So the biggest objection we always have is like, yeah, we're happy with what we have, but... And changing, right? Like think about leaving. Connectwise, right? Think about the disruptive nature of changing any major system for you. That's what changing IT is like for your clients. And having changed MSPs a couple mm-hmm. of times, I know this. I mean, we have been through the the growing pains of ch- changing providers before. And now I'm like, unless this guy murders me, I'm not changing IT providers. Right? Like this is I'm done. <laughs> We know these guys, like devil we do, we're here, we're staying.
0: Absolutely. Um, we actually had another question from Dave Scott for you. Uh, so Dave Scott said, how do you and your team bet whether a tech firm or an MSP is a good fit for you? Obviously you just talked about using MSP. Um, how can tech firms and MSPs create criteria in order to help find out down, you know, downstream who to do business with or not?
1: Like how do I decide whether or not an MSP like, would be a good fit for us? Yes. Do you have $6,000 a month? <laughs> <laughs> so, what we're looking for, first of all, is a company, normally that um, is probably at least $2 million in revenue at this point. When we were younger, like mm-hmm. when we first started the business, anybody that had money was a good, like, we didn't have the luxury of picking and choosing which IT companies we would work with. Mm-hmm. Now we know that around the $2 million mark, They have the kind of budget that'll be necessary to carry them through potentially six months with no um, closed business from a service that costs $6,000 a month, right? So we're looking not just at like operational maturity and size of the business, but we're looking for companies that have a strategic plan in place. And ideally ones that are already, like their pipeline is already quite good. So there are two types of businesses we work well with. One is the owner, operator, primary sales person is still the owner of the business. And the other is I've got a sales department and I need to keep my sales reps busy. So extremely large players um, who usually work with us as a stopgap when they lose someone or they're trying to build out Mm -hmm. an SDR uh, program and they're not quite there yet we fit really well there. and We also fit well with companies that aren't quite prepared to hire in-house yet or don't, they don't have the, the time or the inclination or even the interest in figuring out how to do this. But our, um, our sales cycle, for example, Dave, is usually about two years long. Somebody comes to us. We tell them how much it costs. They say, oh, I could do that in-house way cheaper. And uh, then they try it. And then they come back to us in a year and say, yeah, you were right. So we're just like, yeah, we'll see you in a year. <laughs> Have fun.
0: Absolutely. I think the second part was how could a tech firm or an MSP create criteria in order to find out who they should do business with or not? So I guess finding – Do there audio. No, I haven't had – it
1: has been coming through my headset the whole time. It's been muffled
0: the whole time. Oh, sorry about that. So I think the second part of the question was how can tech firms um, and MSPs create criteria in order to find out who to do business with or not? Well, I so, I, I guess you have, you have the lunch. Oh, good. First of all,
1: right? So, my first thought would be if you are in the enviable position of being able to pick and choose your clients, you should already know this. Yeah, Jake, that's correct. That's what happened. Oh, my microphone is. A oh, shit show. All right. How's better? Much better. Now I can't hear you, but you can hear me. So, great. Um, sorry. So, I'll good start morning, that one out. again like if you are left like if, if after this you have the luxury of picking and choosing um
0: yeah. there you go is the luxury <laughs> of
1: picking and choosing your clients after this i would argue that you probably already know who your best um best chance of a close is for a or total, unique client profile or whatever um mm-hmm. In my mind, you're always looking for technology strategic organizations, right, not just companies that need IT support, but companies that are going to see value In somebody that's going to be their partner and not just a vendor right like what I want from my IT provider is I want somebody who's going to tell me here are the things that we need to look at in a quarter. Here are the things we need to look at in a year. So if you're talking to an organization that has zero understanding of what they want, what they need, where they're going, that's going to be a difficult relationship to manage, even in the best of times. So identifying whether or not they are, first of all, you know, if they're already billing by the hour, they are probably a technology dependent organization. How technology strategic are they, right? Are they going, are they security? Are they paying lip service to security? Are they doing the bare minimum or are they, are they invested in the security of themselves their vendors their clients like that's a big piece of the puzzle right now if you can figure out where they are on that scale then you can kind of find out like well are they going to buy this or are we going to be able to support them in a meaningful way is there any value in them changing providers so sometimes we see a lot of um and i know that our clients always like us to push for meetings no matter what right so there are clients that we have that they only want what I would call like the, the cream of the crop meetings. This is like 90% of the way there. All we have to do is bring a pen and uh, the deal is going to close. Right. And there's not many of those meetings out there. So maybe we get them like two a month total, you know, over the course of a year, maybe it'll like whatever, but then you get the organizations that are um, well, we'll take people who are talking about pricing because we hope that we can parlay that into something different or we'll take the people that uh are are fine and we know that they're just kind of tire kicking or price shopping right like there's everybody gets to decide what their own version of qualified looks like so depending on your business and what see like if you're a small msp right now like who's Like, I I feel, I'm thinking about, had this happened the year I started my business or the year after I started, or even two years ago, right? It it would have been like game over for us. Like, we're fortunate that we were far far enough along in the game and that our business was established and we had the cash reserve and, but not everyone will be there right now. So if you've got a small MSP that's kind of panicking, like, how are we going to fill this funnel up? What are we going to do next? I don't know that you've got the luxury of deciding who your best clients will be. You know, you don't necessarily want to start discounting aggressively, but you're also going to want to make sure you can keep the doors open for the next six months. So I think there's going to be an interesting spot where you might have been a company that was just on at that point where you've got the luxury of like saying, "No thanks," right? And now you're like, "Ah, now we have to start taking, you know, Joe's Chicken Shop and." This thing. And, you know, maybe you were trying to be a little more niche focused and like that plan might have to wait another six months or another year like right now my thoughts are like, how do I make sure I can keep all my people and uh, you know still retire at some point like there's We all we all might have had different luxuries up until a month ago and now it's just going to be like Sign that business. like (laughs) Make sure those checks clear (laughs) get your ACH process down. It's it's going to be messy for the next little while. Like, I don't know that we've seen the greatest impact yet. So when people are talking about like, well, how do we like, how do you develop a client profile? Like, do they have money and do they need it support? Sign that business, right? Like, but if their biggest concern is, are you cheaper than the guy I'm working with now, right? Like what I want is a partner and you should be looking for people who want partners, not people who just want a discount if they're defaulting on their much more expensive managed services contract to come work with you, you know, odds are that's going to happen to you too. So that those are the, that's the one thing I'd be mindful is just like, if the only thing they want to talk about on that call is price, if there was no other problem, there's no other pain point, the only problem they're having is, gee, our provider is really expensive. And you're like, well, we're a little bit cheaper. Like that's not a good enough reason yeah. to take a new piece of business, right? It's going to be disruptive. It's going to be, now, if it doesn't go perfect, are you now dealing with this uh, petulant guy who, like, oh, I should have stayed with the other? Like, there's so many ways that that can go badly.
0: Yeah, don't don't be splitting hairs between dollar share. I mean, if, if you're, you know, if they're looking at you to cut a couple dollars <laughs> per, you know, per, you know, user or per workstation, I mean, that's a bad road to go down. And, and furthermore, I think one of the messages I've seen out there a lot, which I, I love is, do not discount your services right now. I mean, if, if you do, and that client sees it, they're going to expect that when this all ends, just because everything went back to normal, you don't need to raise that price because you already operated at one cost, and you were okay. Um, you uh, know, so that's just, a very I guess, dangerous.
1: <laughs> I mean, we did that, right? Like we, we, we did mm-hmm. that with our small business clients. We went just proactively, because I didn't want to have to lay anyone off, period. Right? Like I wanted to get through yeah. this with my entire team intact. And if it took discounting to do that, well, great. Now you guys know how awesome my margins are, but I'm getting them back the minute this stops. Or you can take <laughs> your business elsewhere, right? Like I went to clients yeah. and I was like, look, I, this is gonna be rough on all of us and I am happy to discount my prices for the next 90 days so that we can all get through this together if you wanna stay, or you can go right now, no problem, no hard feelings. We let a half dozen MSPs just leave their contracts, no problem. Like, I assume that just not being a jerk is going to be a good business development strategy through this. At the end of it, if the guys that left us survive and they want to come work with a business development firm again, I'm pretty sure they're going to come back to us. And the ones that we discounted for, that we're performing for, they're going to stay with us too.
0: I don't know how that's
1: going to translate to the managed services uh, world, but, you know, I... I'm of conflicting, like, I think there's lots of people who can stand up from the front of the podium talking about how terrible it is to discount your, don't do this, don't do that. Yeah, when was the last time you sold a managed services contract guy, right? Like, there Ah, are going to be companies that are going to have to discount to get through this, and I don't want to tell anybody, like, oh, don't, don't." like, you do what you have to do, but understand what the ramifications of taking clients that aren't a great fit, Dave, to your point, and then... Mm -hmm your point, taking clients that you discounted to get, are you ever going to get them up there again? Like maybe the, yeah. the play is discounting for your current clients and not mm-hmm. discounting for the new ones. But at some point you're gonna to have to focus on retention and you're gonna to have to focus on acquisition. It's gonna be this is like wartime startup mode all over again. Hopefully yeah. with the it's like when you say like, oh I wish I had the I wish I had the information that I have now when I was 20 when it would have like really done me some good now that's this time right like now we have all the information that we needed when we like when we started our businesses this is like starting your business with 10 years of experience so i mean realistically we should all be able to do this better than we did it five or ten years ago
0: 100 and i I do like that uh that idea of like the wartime startup because that is really where everyone's at i think making this kind of major shift in your business is something you've probably never done and if you did it was those early days the one man job and, and I'm deciding how to invest all of my money into marketing or this or that. And this kind of major swing changes. Um
1: oh, don't even, kind, even give of me fun, kind, of kind of Like the marketing, like my entire quarter worth of uh, Hootsuite, garbage. <laughs> I had to go back and like, oh, no, no, not appropriate. Delete that, get rid of that. Well, we're not doing that anymore. That's useless, gone, mm-hmm. gone, gone. So it was like all the work that you did to prepare for Q2. Now right out the window and you're starting over from scratch again. You no, know, like oh, look yeah. at your collateral mm-hmm. right now. Look at like, look at the messaging that you're putting out to the market and all of it should really be like, how can we help? How can we help? How can we help? How can we help? Right. It isn't mm-hmm. a big sales pitch now. Now it's just a like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, and what, could you use some help with right now? And if it isn't IT, this is a chance for you guys to be like superstars in your communities. If they don't need help with IT, what do they need help with? And can you connect them to that person? So remember that prospecting isn't all, like if you're thinking about the giver's gain approach to anything, right? Like it's not all about Mm -hmm. what do you need and how do you keep your business throughout this? How do you help your lawyer get some more business throughout this? Your accountant, the guy that always brings you leads. Like there are people in your, everyone in your market's gonna be struggling. How can you connect them with the people that you now know need their things? If you can add one call onto every, or one sentence onto every call, it'd be like, hey, is there anyone in my network that it might be helpful for you to meet right now? like if they need something right now, like I know that I'm trying to support small local businesses more than ever before um -hmm. we're not really everyone in michigan is very angry right now thank you horn honking cars because you can't buy gardening supplies right now you can't go fishing you can't do all of the like the y stuff that they like to do when the sun comes out so it's just chaos but there's like there are still businesses open and there will be a need for things afterwards so if you can be the person that just was like a good guy, not being a jerk, connecting the people around them, helping other companies make money through this. Now, you know, when the tide starts to turn, people remember, people will remember who was good to them through this. They will remember the vendors that helped them. They will remember the companies that made it harder too. So be on the right side of history here, you know, be on the right side of everything and make sure that you're the one with their hand out saying like, yeah, I can help you. We can help you. This person can help you.
0: Absolutely. Another thing I've seen some MSPs doing that I really love is uh, a lot of home education. So, hey, you're at home for the first time. Here's how to run a Zoom meeting. I saw someone doing, here's how to get your kid into a Google classroom. Here's how to set up your cybersecurity work from home, right? So just a couple things to make sure are enabled, whether you're our client or not. Here's some good tips to take. I bet you that guy walked home with solid leads. But yeah. he also put out some really good karma, some really good education out there in his local community. And I'm sure that got shared everywhere. And now he will do extremely well moving forward um, because he's going to be known as a guy who helped out and was there for everyone and constantly provided tips and tricks to keep everyone running safely at home in an environment they've never had to really deal with. Yeah, so, we have a client you know, right like now who's sense. running a
1: campaign that's just like, hey, offer them 30 free, 30 free minutes of help whatever they need, Mm -hmm. even if they already have an IT company, even if whatever, like maybe their grandma needs to learn how to use Zoom, right? Like whatever they need, offer them 30 minutes of whatever they need.
0: I love that. And yeah, I think more than anything, it's it's what the world needs right now. I think it helps everyone out and, you know, down the road, that person will be remembered. That connection will be made. You know, if six months from now that person gets ransomware, you know, like your client there, right? Six months from now, that client gets ransomware. They're gonna go back to that MSP that helped them during that time because that's the person they're gonna remember. Um, You know, so sometimes it's, like you said, it's not the short game, it is a long game, but continuing to be everywhere, continuing. I mean, I would get out there right now if I was an MSP and I would call my local news stations. Hey, can I do a piece on how to set it up your home network, on how to do a Zoom, how to do a Google Classroom, all those good education things you can contact your local news station. There's a chance they'll put you on and then you are the industry expert for your city. Yeah. I
1: mean, if you don't have a good PR ahead. agency right now, like a professional public relations firm would be a really good inv- Like if you've got money right now and you're not like, holy shit, how am I going to keep the doors open? There are so many things that you could be doing that your competitors aren't going to have the budgets for, right? Like if, if you were able, if you are able to, and that's not going to be everybody, there's lots of free things you can do too, but. Now it's the time to double down on it if you can afford to, because everybody else is going to hold, right? So I think mm-hmm. about like, our marketing strategy for the next little while. We're going to go way more aggressively than we normally do, because usually it's just me and Tracy, and you know that's it. We're not we're not aggressively hitting the the pavement anymore. We like people come to us. We do a lot of work with the vendors now, so we haven't been aggressively pursuing the managed services space. But I think that if we spend our money correctly and we you know, point the cannon in the right spots, at the end of this, we come out on top of the market because we we had enough cash to keep the doors open. And we had some foresight into what we wanted to do next. Like, I think if you're thinking strategically now, you're not thinking just like, oh God, how do I keep the doors open for the next quarter? It's like, okay, two years from now, where am I going to be? And how do I use this time to get there? So if you're, you know, if you're not a great prospector, now's the time to start, you know, now's the time to learn. You can, uh, you're going to sound terrible for the first hundred calls at least. And then it's just, it's fine, right? Like you just get through it and now you're, you're okay at it. This is a great time to start practicing anything, right? Like you're stuck at home, start watching webinars on cold calling. And if you don't have client meetings, if you don't have sales meetings, if you don't have anything else to be doing, how are you getting better at something right now? I'm taking dance classes. I'm terrible. But, you know, like I'm stuck inside and, you know, like I'm just trying to think of different things that I'm trying to learn Spanish. I'm trying like just something to do every day, right? Like we're sitting in front of our computer screens now instead of for eight hours a day for like 20. So there are opportunities now that you could be improving your skills in all like maybe there's tech certifications or whatever. But your soft skills are going to be the things that win you business now and there is no reason that you can't be watching a million free things online about how to cold call. Cold calling is just picking up the phone and asking questions, right? So if you can go to a networking function and hand somebody a business card and talk about what you do, that's cold calling, except you get to do it a lot faster a lot more times. So there's no reason to be afraid of it right now. If it's something that you haven't tried, it costs you nothing. Right? If you're sitting at home and you've got eight hours and only three of them are busy, well, now you've got five hours to do something else with. So if that's something that you've never tried before, now you've got five hours to do something with it. So just start.
0: If somebody hasn't done it before, would you suggest just pick up the phone and go? Or would you suggest maybe they write a script or... Any good starting
1: yeah. tips there? I mean, uh, You guys, you're welcome to email me. Just email hello at managedsalespros.com. I'll send you a script that we use if you want to try it. Um, I, you can find it on life. You just Google it. You can probably find it somewhere. We have all kinds of free content uh, on our website at managedsalespros.com. We uh, I write for Smarter MSP. There's a bunch of cold calling content on there. Uh, we have uh, we have a couple of courses that we teach on it as well. But there's so much free content that like, especially right now where you're trying to think about where can I have the biggest impact where it'll cost me the least to do it. And again, that peer to you can't discount the importance of peer to peer prospecting at this time, right? Like it, it's very different to receive a call from the CEO of the company than it is to receive a call from the sales guy, right? Like there's almost a, not a professional courtesy, but you know, that's, you are essentially gonna be able to talk about things that you're, like your sales representative is hasn't stayed up at night wondering how he's gonna make payroll if the COVID virus goes on for another 90 days, right? Like you've you've got some unique challenges that you share with every other business in your community right now, and you should be commiserating with those people. And if nothing else, you're getting some phenomenal ideas about what they're doing. You're gonna see it from a completely different side, so. I encourage you to like just start reaching out to the other people that you want to do business with, because you're more likely to get the CEO of that company on the phone than your sales guy is. So if you've got a named list right now, if you've got an account list of like dream people that you've always wanted to work with, now is the time to start reaching out to them.
0: Absolutely. I I think that's a great point. I think there's, everyone has that dream list or that client they've always wanted. Reach out, be there for them. How can I help? Even if you do absolutely even even if you put a couple hours into it, you help them set something up. You give them some free education. You send them a video you've done on free education. Anything to have that conversation about, you know, the PPP loan or whatever whatever is going on right now. You know that is memorable. That'll stick. That'll get you in the door next time. Do you want to stop by and say hello and see how they're doing? Follow up to this. Um, so a couple quick things. I did take that email address, the hello com I'm gonna make sure we post that over on our uh, Facebook page when we have with the live video. So anybody feel free to reach out. Carrie um, and the team do awesome work. So if you guys need help or need some scripts, I've got really good education. I know Carrie, you've done some phenomenal webinars over the years. So I'm sure there's plenty of on-demand out there. I didn't even um, swear. Oh, I might have sworn
1: and... a couple times during this one, but I'm getting better at that.
0: <laughs> That's fine. We love it. Um, so we do have about four minutes left in the hour. If there's any last questions, we'll uh, keep an eye on those as we're starting to close up. Um, but you know, Carrie, any closing remarks, any, any last minute ideas?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with these goats right now. I'm, uh, I'm thinking that I'm going to start scheduling sales meetings with like, and getting these people to bring their goats to them. I think I've just started a whole new business for them. It's like, I'm going to call it the greatest of all time. Zoom experience goats. And then you're going to show up and there's going to be some goats there. It was, Oh, I can't even tell you how much fun that was. So like, that would be the one thing I'm trying to think of like, how do you make a little bit of a, like if your so if your brand is playful to begin with, right. Is your, and, and a lot of like, I'm always kind of with it companies. I'm thinking I want, the guy who shows up looking like my lawyer, not the guy who shows up looking like he's dropping off my pizza. Right? Like, so if you've cultivated a brand that's very buttoned down and professional, it might be a little harder to, you know, come up with some fun things to do. But I think like brainstorm some really fun, fun things that you could send to people. Fun like that they wouldn't be expecting right like we've been really trying to find like what are the like one what can we still have delivered right what can Mm -hmm. we do that doesn't endanger anyone that doesn't like you don't want to be that company either but there's got to be like fun little things that you could do and run around and drop off or you know I'm, i'm not sure how viable any of that is or just your messaging at this time right like we're all sick of the covid 19 emails like what can you do now that's just kind of a little out of the box, a little more just playful or fun or interesting. like everyone's kids are at home. What can you send them? Cause their kids are making them batshit. What can you do? Like send them a basket of chalk, send them a like coloring book, send them like make a IT call. I don't know, but there's gotta be a way that can be, that it'll be memorable and interesting. And you know, the trade show tchotchkes aren't as relevant right now, but we're not spending mm-hmm. money on them. So what can we do? Right, there's got to be something interesting that you can send to your prospects right now that will be kept, right? Something that they'll have in their home for you. Like the kids start playing with it. Now it's like a beloved toy and they've got like the Bevoip plushie, right? Like the, their, their kids, remember those, um, those tree things that they gave out at DattoCon, the little baby Yeah, group? the Groot. My kids yes. are still playing with those. Like how many years yeah. later? I have a Webroot oh, pig. It's five years old five or six years old, the ones we you used to use the elastic bands. Yeah. I had the shark. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, stuff like that, like, yeah, we all love the socks. The socks are great, but like right now we've got this opportunity where not only are our kids, like our kids are in our workspaces. So what can yeah. you send to kind of like just acknowledge like, Hey, we're all in this together and here's something that we think might make your life a bit nicer.
0: Send them booze, <laughs> booze and children's toys. <laughs> that will definitely help. Yeah. We, uh, we just actually released an integration with busy light. So essentially people are sticking them on the door of their office. If the lights red. Don't bother mom or dad. <laughs> 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 They're on a call. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a good one to figure out. I love the idea of trying to interact some way in that sense. I mean, I know my, my brother had twins uh, two years ago now and I sent them like a whole it was a whole kit of like activities to do at home. Found it on Amazon, Googled it. I know my, my brother was going crazy by day four, um, and you know, the kids played with them for days. So it, it helped a lot. It was you know just something nice that they weren't expecting. Um, so anything like that, I think, could help a lot, especially for that. You take that top echelon of, of prospects you've had for a while. It's a good way to get through the door there. If you you know if you can make it happen, or even
1: something free, right? Like we did a scavenger hunt the other day right like uh we made a list of things to find when we were out like a branded checklist scavenger hunt or like things that they can find in the house like common like worksheets with your logo on them like things that don't have Mm -hmm. that don't cost a lot but that you know busy parents i don't got time, time to make a scavenger hunt for my children right like but all of a sudden this thing shows up and it's ready to go or it gets emailed to me and it's all these activity sheets for my kids and I print them off and they've got your logo on them and the kids are excited and they're happy and they're having a good time and oh, look who did that for me, right? Like there's gotta be lots of little ways that we can become relevant and important to the people that we're trying to sell stuff
0: to right now. Absolutely. All right, well, I don't think we had any more questions come in, we had a couple great job carries on the uh, Facebook side. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to echo that and say thank you again. It was it's always a pleasure and uh, fun to have you here and uh, good to hear you're safe and doing well. And uh, thank you for everyone who stayed on and listened to us and joined us. Again, uh, that's hello at mansellspros.com. If you guys want some access to scripts, um, you can also Google or head over to the website. They've got tons of great content on there. Um, I know Carrie's a, a very frequenter on uh, blogs and uh, different uh, on-demand webinars so lots of content out there for you to digest and learn that new skill um, we do have another session coming up uh, on Tuesday that's going to be with Adam Slutskin from LineGuard. we're gonna talk through uh, just kind of how to manage your sales team how to keep the revenue side of the business going um, so how are you managing those people how are you managing them remotely that's a big shift for a lot of people Um, So we'll talk through some of that, but um, hopefully we'll hear again from Carrie in the future, we'll hear a little bit about how things are going and maybe some of those new opportunities that come out. And uh, thank you again for joining us. I hope to speak to you soon.
1: Thanks very much, Alc.